This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. Today, listeners, we have a content marketing specialist, Anthony Fasano, on the show. Anthony is the founder of engineeredcontent.com. Anthony has built several successful content brands and in the past five years has developed some very successful niche content websites, including in his brands are four niche podcasts that have been downloaded almost two million times. Engineered content focuses on two special things. One, creating customized content and content plans. And two, helping entrepreneurs reach the right markets with powerful and valuable content. Anthony is also the author of The Content Marketing Equation, which officially launches January 30th, 2017. Today, we're going to dive into what it takes to build a successful brand. This is a topic that I'm excited about because I know a lot of smart and successful entrepreneurs that have yet to take on the challenge of building a solid brand. And with that, let's welcome Anthony Fasano to the show. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And you're calling in from Jersey, right? New Jersey. That's right. I'm in northern New Jersey, just outside of New York City. Cool. How's the weather there? Today, actually, it's sunny and relatively warm, which is a big improvement since we had a nor'easter the last few days. So. <laughs> I heard about that. Very nice. <laughs> For the intro, Anthony, we're just going to dive into how you became the, the entrepreneur and content specialist that you are today and let the audience know about you and where you come from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm an Italian-American, which is important because that's kind of one of the brands that I'm working on right now. But I grew up in the suburbs of New York City in New York, and I liked math and science a lot. So my parents kind of steered me into looking into engineering, and I became a civil engineer. Mm -hmm. And after college, I started doing civil engineering, and while I liked it a lot, you know, there was something that I just felt like I wanted to do more or maybe like, you know, more with people and you know the first thing i started doing was i started getting on linkedin and building up just a network of people i knew that that would be helpful at some point but then what i kind of started to realize was that in the engineering industry in order to be successful you needed to have technical skills and you needed to have really good interpersonal or soft skills because mm -hmm. most engineers didn't have both of those together yeah and so I spent a lot of time developing those soft skills and I really like advanced really rapidly in my engineering career. And when I did that, I was kind of like, all right, let me think about this for a second. And what I realized was most engineers didn't have both the soft skills and the technical skills. So I worked on developing those soft skills and I rapidly advanced in my career. I mean, literally got four raises in one year because they were like, you know, we don't have a lot of engineers like this. Mm -hmm. And I became, I became a partner in my firm, the youngest age of anyone ever has. So that was great for me and all. But what I realized was, was that if, if there's, you know, if I noticed how much success I had, what if more engineers were able to put these two skill sets together? And so I decided to go to executive coaching school at night and I decided to implement a coaching program or attempt to implement a coaching program into my engineering company that I worked for. And they went along with it. And they allowed me to start coaching engineers on their soft skills. And eventually what happened was I decided that if there were hundreds of engineers in my firm that had this issue, there was probably thousands out there in the world. So 
I left the company and I started my first, I guess you can call it my first content brand, which is the engineering career coach. I literally wrote a book. I traveled around the country. I built up a mailing list, a website content, and that's how I kind of became entrepreneurial. And that was my first real entrepreneurial venture. I mean, listen, there was a lot of, you know, we tried different websites, we tried different names, mm-hmm. but the engineering career coach ultimately stuck. And today is vibrant, growing, and we have a couple of million downloads on the podcast. And it's just been, a, it's opened up so many opportunities to me. I mean, I wrote the book on my on my by myself in a month, Chris, and then after selling a bunch of them, literally driving around the country, I got contacted by Wiley Press, who picked it up, and it's just things have been snowballed from there. You're a hustler, man. What's the name of your book? It's called Engineering Your Own Success. Very cool. It's on Amazon, I guess. We can find it there. Yeah, it's on Amazon and really focused for engineers and technical professionals, again, to learn how to add the interpersonal skills to their resume, to their repertoire, so that they can be the best they can be in that field. I imagine that's a, that's a pretty big demand because you know the the engineers that I know have the typical kind of in the box mindset where they it's not that they don't think out of the box, but to connect the the social skills and those interpersonal skills, like you call it, like I think that's really powerful and important for them. Absolutely. And it's been great because I've been able to help engineers all over the world. But what happened for me as the as an entrepreneur is that I realized that the way that I built this site and built this brand, if if done the same in other niches, could also potentially, you know, drive the same growth and impact. And that's what started me getting more into content and building some different brands up. Let's talk about content marketing. Actually, what I'd like to ask you, Anthony, what's some tricks that's working for content marketing these days? Well, I think the thing about content marketing is that there isn't any tricks. And I think that's the problem is that people try to take some shortcuts or do some different things. And really the way to do content marketing, which is really what the content marketing equation focuses on, is just being consistent, Chris, having really good high value content in a niche and publishing consistently and then you know getting it out through the right channels. I think, and again, not to jump ahead, but the reason that I kind of wrote this book as the content marketing equation is because I feel like a lot of content marketers do some of these steps good, but they might miss one step. And if you miss one step, you can't build a brand. Like, <laughs> like you could have the best content in the world, but if you don't have it in a niche, if it's just wide, then it's going to get lost in all the other information out there. What are some things that you see a lot of entrepreneurs missing, some steps? Publishing content consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a couple of content brands out there that can get away with publishing like once a month because they've got such a big following and they, their posts may be really, really long and long form. But if you don't have that, I mean, you've got to put your content out regularly so that people can find it, so that you get good um, search engine rankings. And I think that that inconsistent publishing is makes it very difficult to build a sizable content brand. So I think that that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, honestly, Chris, I think the niche is a huge one because like I said, you could have an awesome podcast. You could write the best blog posts available, but if it's just a general post, like, all right, I'm writing for like business owners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's a lot of business owners out there. So, and there's a lot of people writing for business owners. Um, and I'll give you an example, Chris. So I have the engineering career coach and we started building it and it's been very successful and we have the engineering career coach podcast, but because I'm a civil engineer, 
and I have a lot of civil engineering followers, they started asking me, like, can you do some episodes that are more civil-based? And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start a second podcast called the Civil Engineering Podcast. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, within six months of the other one, which was out for two years already, we, we have the same amount of monthly downloads. Wow. And it's just because, you know what, there, if you go to iTunes and you're a civil engineer, you're not going to find any other civil engineering podcasts. Right. Right. Super niche. Are you, are you the host of all these podcasts? So I owned four podcasts. Three of them I hosted. One of them actually we just sold the brand and I was just an on, kind of the online marketing uh, part of it. I wasn't a host of it. All right, so <laughs> you've got your hands in a few buckets here, which is really cool. I can appreciate that a lot. Let's go back to content marketing, and let's actually talk about your book here. It's getting ready to release on January 30th, The Content Marketing Equation. And you were talking about some of the steps that are important for solid content. Can you share some of those steps with us? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, step number one is to find the right niche for you. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times a good niche is something that you have experience in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you look at the couple of podcasts that I have, obviously engineering and civil engineering, that was my background, that was my career for a while. And then my other podcast is the Italian American podcast, which explores Italian American heritage. And, you know, of course, like I said before, I'm Italian American and that was important to me. So, you know, picking niches where you've had some experience, some passion, some connection to is going to be a good help for you. Mm -hmm. But like I said, the, the main, the, what happens to most people, Chris, is they say, if I pick a niche that's small, I'm going to lose out on a lot of customers, a lot of business, a lot of growth. Right. But what happens is, is the opposite, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's counterintuitive. I was actually thinking about doing a podcast called Using Counterintuition in Business because a lot of those things are quite opposite of what most people think, right? If we pick a niche, it may be too small. There won't be enough customers. We won't make money. But what happens is the opposite. You pick a niche. Everybody, well, not everybody, everybody that's interested in it goes there because you're the pro, you're the expert on that, and then you make a lot of money and then eventually expand into other areas if you want. So exactly, exactly. And Chris, to that point, what people also don't realize is that if you have a business of any kind, depending on your price point, your product and services, you really don't need that many customers. When you, when you look at like a niche, right. most niches have thousands of people, right? If you have hundreds of customers, you're probably going to be doing great. Yeah. So you have to keep that perspective in mind. Very cool. So you have four, no, five, five or six, you have quite a few brands that you've built here so the engineering career coach the silver engineering podcast the italian american podcast the stem cell podcast but there's one uh, brand that you built that i would like to talk about it's called perpy the purple dragon can you tell us about that one sure so perpy the purple dragon was a fun project i mean this is you know part of what i do is i have three young kids okay. and I'm very interested in, you know, work, family, you know, blend, I guess you could call it. I try to get my kids involved where I can in learning about business and just learning about helping people and, you know, growth. And so my daughter who, you know, likes to draw a lot, she's kind of creative. We decided a couple of years ago to write a book together based on a bunch of bedtime stories that I had made up for them about this purple dragon. Mm -hmm. So... We wrote two books kind of together. She helped me with the writing. We did some rough sketches. Um, we went on to uh, Indiegogo. We raised about $15,000 to have a couple thousand copies of these books printed. And then 
we delivered them to pediatric cancer centers across the United States from wow. Maine to, to Los Angeles. So it was a really cool uh, project. I still have a ton of books in my garage that I'm looking to send, <laughs> send to hospitals and get out there. But it's been good, though. Even beyond that, like my daughter and I put together a presentation. She was eight when we did this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we put together a presentation for schools like to inspire children to write. Uh, you know, how to write and be creative. And we've gone to a couple schools and we've given uh, talks with the books and showing them how, you know, the book went from some sketches and a bedtime story to a published book. And, you know, if we can do it, you know, my daughter standing next to me at eight years old, like you could do it too, that kind of thing. So it's been a, it's been really a fun project, different than kind of my other ones. Um, But again, it just goes to show you that if you get good at content marketing and understanding value and how you could deliver it, I mean, you could deliver it to different people through different ways. Yeah. How old are you, Anthony? I'm 38. Okay, you don't look 38. I think this is really cool that you're kind of incorporating entrepreneurship and content marketing and and building a brand into your family. Was that daughter your oldest uh, child? She is. She's my oldest, yes. And... So do you do anything else to teach your your children about entrepreneurship? Well, the Italian-American podcast is another one that's kind of very – started out very family-focused because I decided one day that I was 35 years old and I really didn't have a good understanding of where I came from. Um, like I knew my grandmother spoke Italian when I was a young child, but I didn't remember much about it. So, you know, I started going to my grandmother's house for lunch and writing down everything she could tell me about her parents, uh, my grandfather's parents, etc. And I was at a big conference and all of a sudden it hit me that I need to start the Italian American podcast because people like my grandmother are getting older, people that immigrated here and they're going to be gone and we need to capture these memories of Italian immigrants, etc. So that kind of that kind of created the Italian American podcast and through that I've done a tremendous amount of research on my family. I found my family in Italy, our whole family with the kids. We went there for the whole summer this summer, and I'm writing wow. a book. Right, I'm writing a book on that right now called 40 Days in Italy with my family. So, um, so really, it's a lot of overlap in the stuff that I do because, you know, that's what keeps it interesting to me. Um, you know, I got to write. I got to write an article on my website about how. I found my great-grandfather Antonio Fasano's birth certificate from 1891 and visited the block where he was born in a small village in the mountains of Italy this summer. And that's part of the Italian-American podcast website. And that's part of what hopefully, like for my kids, they can read this book and look at the website in 30, 40 years and they'll kind of still have that information. That's incredible, Anthony. Wow. I can imagine there's a lot of fulfillment to that, to link in the history of your family up and creating kind of a business that's that's incorporating that too. I think that's really cool. I am uh, headed to Ireland in a couple of months to do a father-son trip. We've been dreaming about going there since I was five. Since you've got four podcasts going, I'm sure there's some podcast listeners out there that want some tips on podcasting. What are some things, some must-dos that you could give the listeners about podcasting that you see a lot of podcasters not doing in today's market? Well, I think one of the things that you can do in addition to what I've already talked about by publishing consistently, picking the right niche, is, you know, find out from the audience, you know, what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people do podcasts and say, oh, I got this podcast, Italian American, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And that's great. And we can get some good stories and you can get some good, interesting stuff. But 
you know, I want to understand what the listeners really wants to hear because quite frankly, there's a million podcasts today or there's, there's getting to be more and more podcasts. Yeah. And if you want someone to listen to your podcast, it has to be specific to them. So for example, with the engineering career coach, we have an ask us tab on the website and now we get probably five questions a day. Mm-hmm. But basically, we put all those questions into a spreadsheet, and that's how we develop our uh, our topics for our episodes. Mm. Because, you know, like, for example, I run a community for engineers online, and I had three coaching calls in one week with three different members, and they all were struggling with how to, you know, measure progress in their career. Like, I want to be a project manager. I want to be a partner, but I don't know if I'm on track. How do I know if I'm getting closer? And so... I was like, you know what? This is like an awesome episode because I have some thoughts around it and some things you can do. And so the point is, is, you know, don't just sit there with a blank piece of paper and say, all right, I'm going to sketch out my next 10 episodes unless you have some good information. It's so easy to get information today. Go on social media, do an email to your mailing list, Um, you know, drive value. That's what you got to do. You got to drive value and value is by helping people, you know, meeting them where they, where they need to be met. I agree completely. I was checking out the Stem Cell Podcast. Where did this come about? So the Stem Cell Podcast, um, about three or four years ago, my brother, who's a stem cell scientist, mm-hmm. you know, my my brother, my other brother has a golf podcast, and my other brother's a stem cell scientist, so <laughs> we kind of talked my brother into, like, starting this stem cell podcast. Um, you know, I mean, it was, you know, it was initially his idea, and then we kind of egged him on, and him and his, uh, one of his colleagues went ahead and did it. And sure enough, after a couple of months, he's like, I don't know what happened, but we started this podcast and there's like thousands of listeners and I have no, I don't even know how to build a website. Mm-hmm. So I partnered up with those guys um, and we just built it. We built this stem cell podcast. The two of them hosted it. And that's the, that's actually the brand that we just recently sold. I, I can't give out too many of the details yet. It's really new, but we sold it to a company who wanted it as like an educational resource. And it was a, it's been, it was a good business. It was a good, we learned a lot. Um, but that's how I got into that because, you know, listen, there's value in being able to host a podcast, Chris, mm-hmm. but there's also value in understanding how to grow a podcast. Right. You need to understand the channels. You need to understand, you got to have, again, I'm repeating all this, but that's what's in the content marketing equation. That's why I wrote the book because too many content marketers keep asking me, you know, how do you do this? How do you build this? And I'm an engineer. So I, I use, I follow certain steps because I, I, I only work well when I have these steps that I can follow and, you know, then use them in, in multiple arenas. It makes it easier to measure, I imagine. Where do you think the future of podcast is heading? What it, What's podcast going to be like in the next 10 years? Well, I think one of the positives is it's going to be more available in automobiles, which means yeah. it's going to grow. I mean, a lot of people that I talk to, I mean, things are moving fast. So a year ago, I talked to a lot of people that still didn't know what podcasts were. But then today, or in the last few days, I've talked about people that tell me, I don't even listen to the radio anymore. I just listen to podcasts. So, mm-hmm. so it's continuing to grow and get you know bigger and bigger. And honestly, Chris, I think it will eventually replace radio because people just want to listen to things when they want to listen to them. Yep. And there's so much information out there today that people only want to listen to or have time to listen to exactly what's right for them. Yeah. And, and that's why if you can learn how to build up a content site in a specific niche, you can build up a good platform. Because like, like for example, civil engineers, if they want to listen to something for their career, they, they don't need to worry about the hundreds of career podcasts out there. They can just go look for the civil engineering podcast. Yeah. Like, why would they mess around? There's no need for them to do that. So 
I think the future for podcasting is bright. I think there's always going to be new media channels introduced into society, but the ease of audio on the go is, I think, going to be around for a while. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Give us some more things that you have in your book that's coming out that's Content Marketing Equation before we wrap up the podcast. Absolutely. So <clears throat> one of the other things that I'll, I'll mention is I mentioned it before, consistency. I think that that's a big one. You should definitely have a publication schedule that you follow mm -hmm. and try to publish consistently. Now, what you're going to hear is you're going to hear um, another side to this argument where people are going to say, oh, if you're too rigid and you, you publish every week, there's no room for creativity. You're going to like push yourself mm -hmm. to just put out <laughs> shows whether they're good or not. Mm -hmm. And to to a degree, I, 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 I can see that argument. And I in some cases, like I said, people can get away with that. But the problem is by human nature is if we don't have a schedule, it's going to just lag. Right. And you're not going to get to it and you're not going to grow your brand. So the way I look at it is I'd rather... I'd rather have an episode that's not the best episode once in a while, but it keeps me on track. It keeps me focused, and I keep building the brand for the followers. Mm -hmm. Like like my engineering podcasts are every other week. I mean, an every other week podcast is really not that hard to grow and build. And in a niche that's small enough, every other week is okay because there's not another civil engineering podcast. So it's not like you're going to lose people if you only show up every other week. So I think having a schedule and following it is a big one and then the other one that I'll mention is um, you know capturing information I think uh, it's another thing that people get into the podcast and they might not have a website uh, they might not be growing a mailing list and remember your audience is important to you because that's you can't give them valuable content unless you know what they need so you need to build channels of communication social media and email list is probably the best one and you should be building those from day one because in, in content marketing, the topics are your currency. Like if you have the right topics for the right niche, mm -hmm. you're gold. You, you're absolutely gold. So you need to make sure that you're giving, your, uh, you're giving yourself the ability to communicate with your followers in the best way that works for them. And those are some tips that I talk about in detail in the book. I give the whole book has case studies of all of my content brands in here of exactly what we did to grow the podcast um, and following all these steps. So I'm hoping that people can use it to grow their own brands. Because the one thing that I'll say, Chris, is that the, the, the exciting thing about being able to build a content brand mm -hmm. is that it gives you the ability to drive growth and improvement for large numbers of people, which I think is which really is what excites me over everything else. I love it, man. And one more quick question. I'm sure you've done outsourcing for your content. And you talk about in the book about outsourcing. Yeah, I talk about a little bit, you know, when you should start to look at getting help uh -huh. in your content business. Um, you know, most of my brands actually, you know, the content is created by the owners and operators of those brands. You know, I, I, in some of my brands, I have a partner. Um, other ones I don't. But really, most of the content is created by us. Um, you know, but again, we're not like, we're not, I don't go for volume as far as like, I'm not doing three to five posts a week. Mm -hmm. I'm doing one post a week where like, whether it's a podcast or a blog post on most of these businesses. So, you know, my brother who runs a golf website, I, they're doing three posts a day. Wow. So <laughs> it's a different, it's a different kind of content brand. Um, but I do think that 
as like here's one thing that I did from day one, Chris. I decided I'm never going to edit a podcast for audio. Mm-hmm. So I've done 200 podcast episodes across my brands, and I've never once edited the audio. I have a great guy that we out outsource it to, send him the files, and he takes care of it because. I didn't want to get involved with that. I didn't want to start screwing around with that when I could spend my time on the actual content development topics side of it. So, you know, make sure that if you can, you know, if you can afford it, of course, try to, you know, spend time on what works best for you and some of the other parts of content marketing, the more tedious parts, try to get help as early on as possible in your business. Beautiful, man. If some of the listeners want to reach out to you and contact you or ask you questions, is there a place they can do that at, Anthony? Yeah, they can just go to the website, engineeredcontent.com. They can contact me through there. I'm also on Twitter at Anthony J. Fasano is a good way to get in touch with me as well. Cool. The Content Marketing Equation out on January 30th, and we'll put the links in the show notes for everybody to check out. Anthony, I want to give you a big thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and value bombs. I really appreciate it. And listeners, we're going to sign off. We'll see everybody on the next podcast. Bye, guys. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the entrepreneur house, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year we have three different events, a three-day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two-week all-inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six-figure businesses. This will be full of workshops, masterminds, and adventure. Then a four-week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs, also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. These events will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested in have some questions be sure to contact us through the entrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact we will respond as soon as possible for now saludos from somewhere in the world